Bohoho. Thank you very much for coming. CES 2020. I'm Melvis Presley. You know, you heard the song before. Bohoho. Boo, baby. Almost Bo-ho-ho. sounds a little like Johnny Cash to me. No, that is not Johnny Cash. A little that bit. That's not Johnny Cash. That a is little Elvis. bit. Thank you very much. Johnny Cash never said that. I know that part, but I mean, when you're actually singing. Thank you very much. Hey, you gonna finish that? <laughs> you gonna finish that? Because <laughs> that's what Elvis would say. If Elvis was. I had, <laughs> let me tell you, I had dinner with Elvis, and he's like, I like you very much. Always like you, Gordon. Like you very much. You gonna finish that? <laughs> uh, Elvis, I. Uh, it's my cheeseburger. I, I'm only halfway done. I was just checking. I was just checking. In this episode of The Full Nerd, AMD is rising. Intel has discrete graphics and our top CES picks. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 120. I'm your host, Gordon Maung, with Elena Yee. Hey, everybody. And Pat, Adam, uh, Adam, it is late for us. We are tired. It is CES. Adam Patrick Murray on my right. Uh, hello, Gordon. Uh, where the hell are we? Well, let me tell you, by the way, this episode is brought to you by Creative Labs, Inc. And we are, in fact, broadcasting live from CES 2020 from Creative Labs booth using their internet. Uh, we have a box, so the internet will be happy to see that, you know, it creative. Not, it's not an NVIDIA box for the audio listeners. So. Not an NVIDIA box. It's not an NVIDIA box. But, you know, um, we are, we're doing this live. And just a warning, Creative Labs, if you don't know, does audio products. And sometimes it gets loud. Somebody may crank up some music, but we got our stick mics going. So we'll be good. We'll be good. That looks great, Adam. Just like that. The most exciting thing, though, AMD, laptop, CPUs are finally here, and I want to clarify this because people are like, no, they're APUs, right? Because it's got graphics, it's, it's got uh, CPU cores, it's APU, APU and AMD calls them APUs. AMD is officially calling these CPUs, even though essentially they're not that different than the previous APU Ryzen parts on desktop, but they are kind of, right. looks like they're shifting away from the APU terminology. They are CPUs, in fact. Uh, quick summary, although we're not going to get into that. Too much. Eight core, fifteen watt U part to go into uh, thin and light ultrabooks. Eight core, sixteen thread. Eighteen, sixteen core threads. They're going to leave that on at the top end for Ryzen seven, forty eight hundred U, and for the top end on the H parts, the, the CPUs that go into gaming laptops. Most of them, Ryzen seven, forty eight hundred H. I'm going to hope I got that right. Again, I am super tired, and. Uh, so that's on the mobile side, and there's also some Threadripper stuff. We'll talk about that later. But laptops is the important thing because clearly AMD, in a big way, moved right into desktops last year and the year before. But last year, they really broke out, and it feels like yep. they really put Intel back on their heels. And this year, they're going to move that same thing, 7 nanometer CPUs, into laptops. I know a lot of people that are into PC gaming and into DIY, they don't really care about laptops. Right. But laptops are a huge market. More people actually buy laptops than actually buy desktops for people who don't know. Right. So it is super important for AMD to get into this for them. Um, what we don't know, 
they have shown off some performance numbers. Uh, clearly, eight core Ryzen against a quad core Ice Lake Core i7 for multi threaded tasks. It's not a bloodbath. It's a bloodbath. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, for a an eight core Ryzen 7 3800H in a gaming laptop and like those 15 inch gaming laptops against a six core because Core i7 because Ryzen 7 goes against Core i7 right eight core versus six core same thing they have efficiency one of the numbers AMD showed off just to wow people because they really didn't get too hard into the performance was hey our eight core laptop CPU actually outperforms an eight core Intel Core i7 9700K. A desktop part. A desktop part, yeah. which is 97, so, yeah. 95 watts versus a 45 watt yep, TDP so part. So their, their H part <laughs> is on par with a, a much higher rated TDP uh, CPU. Right. And I will say, that, I mean, that's, that's real. It is actually going to be faster because I'm, I'm sure when we get one, we can replicate that performance. A little bit there, though, you're looking at an 8 core Ryzen 7 with 16 threads because of SMT versus a 8 core 9700K with no hyper threading because right, exactly. Intel does not turn on hyper threading for the 9700K, which of course made a lot of people really kind of angry. You want to say something, Adam? There, just uh, yeah. Sorry, the, the Is audio that the stuff. You know, no, no, no. no the audio <laughs> stuff. It's it's a little rough. Uh, so thank you for bearing with us, especially audio listeners. It is live. I'm I've very limited gear here. You know, I'm doing what I can. But we're still having fun. Yeah, we're having fun. Again, we are pulling off a live broadcast from CES on a laptop, right? So, yep. Uh, it's, and handheld mics. There, there will be handheld. But it, it's not. Give them the mic. <laughs> it's not a Ryzen-based laptop, you know, unfortunately, right? Yeah, so it is not a Ryzen-based laptop. Um, do you have any thoughts? Any yeah, strong so opinions, It was Elena? interesting. We, we were at the uh, AMD uh, Mixer at one point, and, you know, one of the product managers uh, happened to talk to me, and he asked me, hey, so what do you think? And I said, you know, honestly, this is exciting for me because I think that just like with desktop, laptops need that competition because we benefit, all of us benefit when there's competition. I know there, like you were saying earlier, a lot of people who say, well, I only, you know, build desktop systems. I don't really care about laptops. You know, that's not my thing. But the whole point is you could care down the line if AMD really gets a good foothold here and they start really pushing Intel to like, you know, have to defend their territory because Intel has a very strong hold on the laptop market. It's not like desktop where it was easier for AMD to kind of eventually push their way in and, as you said, put Intel back on their heels. Intel has such dominance on the laptop side that for AMD to start challenging them is a pretty... I don't know. I feel like they're they're firing a pretty big warning shot, or just saying like, "Hey, we're coming for you now." Like we've got one side mastered. Now we're going to move to this other side that's even a bigger uphill battle. But we're going to go for it. And I think in the end, uh, how that shakes out if AMD holds true to their most recent form of just like steady, dependable progress, we get to see, we'll get to see form factors we haven't seen before. We'll get to see performance and form factors that we haven't seen before. And that might be enough that if you're a solid desktop person, it might be the first time for you to go, oh, hey, like maybe laptop is something I would want, at least in addition to what I've got at home. Yeah. And I totally agree with that because competition is better for everybody yeah. in all places. Uh, 
you know, it's, uh, something interesting that I heard, we touched on it with one of our AMD interviews, great interview, watch it on YouTube, uh, but maybe you can kind of uh, talk a little bit about the whole chiplet design and how it doesn't really benefit them in the laptop. Yeah, so that it was one of the questions I had because it, it actually originated from YouTube comments. Somebody was like, well, I know AMD had great success on desktop because they could do chiplets. They could do two eight-core chips, you know, combine them together in the heat spreader and produce a 16-core CPU. Intel, with their monolithic design, everything being on one chip, was at a disadvantage. Now, the new Ryzen mobile parts, the Ryzen 4000s, it is a monolithic design. There is a graphics, there's graphics cores, as well as the CPU cores, all on the same chip. They're not going to have the advantage there. And uh, we did an interview with David McAfee from AMD, and he's like, well, look, we, we had to do that for mobile because it's, it's kind of different. Um, mobile, you don't have a lot of space. And then also, you know, on a desktop, it's not a big deal if you're wasting energy you know, sending uh, information from the chiplet to the IO die and then back out or from chiplet to chiplet and sort of just, it's a, but it's essentially a waste of energy. So they could not waste that energy because laptops are, it, you got to have good battery life. You got to have good battery life. Speaking of which. Speaking of which, we don't know the battery life. Yeah, so that is the one tiny, I feel like, um, chink in the armor here of what they've uh, presented, which is they, you know, they got on stage, hyped everything up, had that, you know, honestly amazing set of screens with all their slides right and they never said anything about battery life they just said power efficiency and i yes. thought that was very interesting i mean of course i mean you and i have talked basically you know not on the show offline as they say about how look like, this is still early days there's a lot of tuning that goes into laptops that right. you don't see on desktop so it's dependent on the actual manufacturer's design how they do their cooling how things are laid out you know how they you know basically um you know, get the most out of that chip, so to speak, so yeah. on and so forth. Yeah, laptops will be very different for even reviewers to look at sort of traditional desktops where, mm. you know, you take, you build two exact, nearly exact systems and you compare them with everything being equal in RAM storage, cooling, power. A laptop, you can't do that. It's it's going to depend on the battery they put in it, the drivers. There's going to be a lot yeah, of the panel. things. The panel, yep. there's so many th different things with laptops and it's you know it is a little scary. I will say you know scary. I, well, no, because I it, it has been uh, when people we're just naturally when people don't tell you things because maybe <laughs> okay, some of us glasses half empty. We think oh you didn't tell me that because it's bad. But of course I will say again yeah AMD said don't freak out don't freak out we're not there yet when we're in, when these are ready these are seven nanometer chips they're super efficient you've seen that on desktop we think is going to perform well. I will say I've talked to some people at Intel like, Psh, give me a break. We're going to we're going to blow them all the water and efficiency and all that stuff too. It's cuz we've got a lot of good stuff coming. So yeah, you you wonder. And there and that was saying the Intel person's like, "Ah, oh, you know, they didn't say battery life, you know, if you don't tell me, <laughs> you know, you know, you, you somebody you borrow somebody's car, you bring it home, you don't tell them that what that scratch is. That's probably not good, right? So, so I I think I think it does bug me, you know, but, you know, again, I don't want to freak out. Uh, and also, it is entirely possible that they're, they're withholding that information because they want to keep Intel, you know, off. They don't want Intel to know how well they are. What if they come out and it is spectacular? I'm not totally sure yeah. it will be, but it is entirely possible. I won't say it's, yeah. it's impossible. And right? honestly, it's not going to be that long until we actually see it 
in laptops, right? Because right. that for me, that was the other part of their announcements that I found really encouraging, you know, in terms of like what they plan to do in the space because they already have what they said, like about a dozen coming out and the first wave. First wave. And then over the course of the whole year, it's supposed to be over a hundred designs. Right. So, I mean, that's, um, when I was talking to that product manager, he was saying that they've been, you know, doing this incremental, like the first wave was so much and then they doubled it and then now they're doubling that again. So it's like the same kind of approach, I think, with desktop where it's, they, they're, doing, they're trying to hit a certain mark. It might not be exactly perfect, but then they're going to take that, iterate, and move, move forward. So I, you know, the funny thing is because this all happened on Monday. It's taken me a couple of days to sort of recover from all the other stuff happening at CES. <laughs> but I, I think I've sort of formed. You're recovered? If I, were to, if I were to like sort of early bets, we don't know because we don't know what Intel's coming out with this year, the rest of it. There's some things that are here. We don't know how these are going to do from AMD. But if I had to, if I had to put some money down, if I said, look, my feeling is I think AMD in H-class laptops, gaming laptops, you know, 15.6-inch, 17-inch laptops, I think AMD will have an advantage for power, efficiency, savings, so that they can put in bigger GPUs. So I think they will overall be better. I think AMD will be better in H-class. I think in U-class laptops... Ultrabooks, you know, 13-inch laptops. I think right. AMD will perform certainly better because eight cores versus either six-core Comet Lake U or four-core Ice Lake U. That's not even a battle. They are just going to blow Intel out of the water on multi-threaded CPU performance. But does it really matter? Would I take, uh, when you're looking at laptops like this, this HP Spectre Dragonfly, it gets phenomenal battery life. Do I really want eight-core performance? Would I take that for using Word and Excel but and Chrome? I got you. Or would I trade two hours of battery life for this? I don't know. So here's the thing. And here's what I think is the exciting part of a lot of things that we're seeing at CES. And we'll get into some of this later. But I feel like it's no longer like a zero-sum game, right? Before, we'd always, we would kind of talk about it in this way where it's like, would I trade two hours of battery life for this, more, this you know, X amount of performance, right? Well, you don't have to. You can choose the battery life in this one model. And now having Ryzen around, that means that if you, you, you guys saw that yoga, right? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if you are someone who's on, on the go a lot, but you need that kind of performance and you don't want to have like a, your shoulders aching by the end of the day, like a neck ache, you can have that laptop with you. People want you know winners, I mean? Elena. They only want winners. They just, <laughs> it's just like it has to have everything. You're right. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, because more choice is better, right? Yeah, it's I think that's, this is the beauty of it. Like you get more choices. I, I don't think that's a bad thing because what you need is not going to be exactly what I need, and vice versa. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I, I think it's it's overall better for everyone. Um, but I do. Wait, Adam, you have a question. Uh, Alejandro on the YouTube chat says uh, Ryzen 4000 doesn't have to be the fastest. Uh, the most important is price and performance for them. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Right, and that is the one thing that AMD has really, as part of one of the levers they've used against Intel, they've had awesome prices. Yeah. And that may also happen to laptops as well. It's a little different, though, because a CPU is just one part of a laptop made out of several hundred components. So maybe you won't quite see that low price point show up. I have heard some numbers here that look pretty decent, but we, we don't know until the laptops come out. Exactly. Uh, but I will say, so like, uh, but I, I Back know, to your point. I know people, you don't have, to, there's only, not only one choice. You can't, it's not the Super Bowl. Not only one team wins and other just goes off the field. But I, I just think like, again, I, if I'm going to call it, 
if in the performance game, I think Intel U parts still have a decent chance because of the, all of the all of the you know hundreds of millions of dollars Intel has sunk into laptops over the last few years. So I think they have an advantage there. On the H class, though, um, that same thing. Would I, because Ryzen Seven Mobile looks so efficient, you can have a laptop with an eight core Ryzen Seven with an RTX twenty sixty. And that laptop can weigh 3.5 pounds, which is the Asus ROG Zephyrus. Right. right. G14? Yeah. 14 inches. And I just can't reiterate that you can't do that in a, in a Core i9 laptop. I have not, at least until far, I've never seen myself in a Core i9 Intel-based laptop with an 8-core CPU with a super hot GPU, like RTX 2060, 27, 2080. I just, because the only time I've seen those is in a large gaming laptop larger much heavier so that you can with Ryzen get into a 14 inch laptop with the RTX 2060 with an 8 core chip H part is impressive and it really does make me think I would if I were to I would give the edge in the in the Super Bowl win yep. to AMD on H parts but there's more to come right because the this 45 watt part uh, AMD's at, and one thing that people may not know is it's the exact same chip so they have the Ryzen U so they just basically to, uh, lock it to 15 watts and they put an H-class laptop it's 45 watts and they have a uh, higher boost uh, uh, thermal of 50, I'm going to get this wrong it's either 52 watts or 54 watts so if you could I guess make a higher wattage laptop or something like that and uh, the fact that it is here's the other thing, it's 52 watts or 54 watts sorry I can't remember the exact number that is a pretty low PL2. So like laptops basically, laptop CPUs, it's like shifting your car. You you rev it up to very high TDPs. It heats up in the thermals kind of like you run out of thermals and then you shift down to the next gear because we have to, we, we don't want to melt it. So now you shift down next gear. So uh, 50, basically the chip will ramp up to 52 watts. It'll hit a certain point where it gets too hot probably. And then it'll drop down to 45 watts. And if it gets really bad, then it drops down to lower lower clock. A Core i9, typically, it's like 105-watt TDP PL2, I think. So a, a Core i9 will go up to 105 watts for a few seconds. And then it'll shift down to maybe 65 watts and then maybe down to 45 watts ultimately. I think AMD is basically, they're sandbagging by making that TDP 52 watts. Right, I think like I say, hey, why, they, why you know, Intel design laptops can go up to 105, 100 watt TDP. Why, what's stopping AMD from doing that? So it just feels like they're trying to sandbag because AMD is into this. They really like to surprise Intel, keep Intel on their on their feet. Hmm. Uh, the chat asked earlier, do you think we'll ever see Threadripper come to laptops? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I wouldn't say no because it is AMD and I, I... I think they like surprising us all. They like surprises. In a big Alienware Area 51M or something, you know, like could you do it theoretically? I think uh, Area 51 well, would be too little for that. Yeah. There's, there's could you and would you. <laughs> They're two different questions. But remember, I, I think I said this in a, a video with Steve from Gamers Nexus earlier. I think AMD is very much... It's, I know I'm, I'm old school, but it's like Honey Badger. Right. They don't care. <laughs> they, they just don't care. AMD is, 
they they are a disruptor. They have nothing to lose. Like yeah. coming out, you know, we talked about this last year. I didn't. I thought AMD would do 64 core Threadripper, but then I also said I I kind of think they yeah, might. Yeah, we were on the fence about it when I we talked about like, it. Eh, maybe cooler heads will prevail because you, you don't have to go there, <laughs> AMD. Well, actually, did we? Was it in our predictions episode? Um, I can't remember if we predicted. I don't if remember. they're going to go 64 or not. I don't know if we actually because when we talked about it, it was way before the predictions episode. I think I don't think we had really. Um, revisit it by that point yeah. but i think it's funny because we had that same conversation about 32 right we we're like well would they do 32 that seems sure. like a lot like maybe it's not necessary because they're you know they've already brought this well, out so that's again that's why the honey badger <laughs> thing works wait wait, wait. They- guys hold on a second turn around turn around oh he did it <laughs> he did come over here keith <laughs> this, this is keith may from wccf tech How's everybody doing today? Take oh, a seat, no, it's man. It's so, so this guy has been, I, I hope not on purpose, but this guy has been, we've been running into him all over the show. So it's starting to get to a point where I think he's just the honorary fourth chair now. Yes, honorary fourth chair. Keith made WCCF Tech. I, uh, I, this, is, this is actually an undisclosed location, but WCCF Tech already leaked it. <laughs> uh, it was in, unintentional. It was a scheduling error. <laughs> I, that is what happened, and I'm standing standing to it. Okay, so um, <laughs> I, let me let me throw this at you, Steve. I think uh, Steve, or, I called you Steve. Keith, <laughs> I, no, no, he's, he's, you know he's got the beard. Uh, so wait, wait, I. He's saying that they both have he's nice got hair. hair. He's got hair. They both have very nice. Sorry, hair. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you just really say that? This is vodka. They have nice hair. You said nice hair. It could be. But here's my thing. I think AMD is is Honey Badger. <laughs> because I'm just saying this because older p- p- people like this understand that meme. I, I don't think... I think AMD <laughs> doesn't care. I think they... Like, they could do 128-core Threadripper next year. Because one, one of the readers in the, the chat asked, like, could AMD do a Threadripper laptop? I will say it'd probably be 25 pounds. But there's nothing to stop AMD from doing something yeah. like that because they don't care. Well, well, let's do it. Nobody's ever done it before. This is crazy. You know, I did see earlier a a company, and I didn't catch the name, but they actually were putting the 65-watt desktop parts into the mobile port. And one of the things that they were asked by somebody was, do you think that you could put a 16-core part in there? And the response that they had was, well, AMD does have eco mode now, which drops it to 65 watts. Therefore, there's really no reason they can't put a 3950X in a laptop. Now, to be running at 65 watts and not the 105, but... I mean, what would you rather have? I mean, it's a laptop with 16 cores and 32 threads, and sure, it's a little thicker. I mean, especially thicker than this, but you're on the go. You're editing. You're rendering. I mean, think about it. Right. It really is just a mobile workstation. You're not that worried about battery life. So that's, that's an interesting idea, right? That's, so they'd have an 8-core desktop in, in Eco? Hmm. So and you're saying you think AMD will do... Threadripper 64 core in a laptop uh, this year. Uh, maybe not AMD, but <laughs> there's nothing year. stopping someone else from doing it. Maybe. I don't know about Threadripper in a laptop. That's a. Yeah. The socket is half the. Pro- when you were that's true. When you were walking up though, we were we were talking about how on the full note previously we had got we were having we'd had this conversation where we even said like well they could because they do crazy stuff but would they really like maybe they'll be more conservative and it's like nope here's sixty four cores everybody. Because they don't threads. care, right? I mean, why? No, but I never expected them. I mean, I knew they could, 
but I didn't think they'd go there. But AMD has clearly shown they, they, they will go there every time, right? 16 cores in a small socket. I didn't 64 think they were going to do that. Remember last year, I didn't think they were going to do it. I was like, they could. I see how they could, but, I mean, and then they did it. And I was sitting there looking like, yeah, okay. At least I got the prices right. <laughs> you got the price right. But, you know, because I think that's their attitude is we're here to make Intel hurt as much as possible all the time. So they can do that by doing these things that is, is hard for Intel to chase. It seems that way. So uh, what was your the best thing that you saw them bring out? What was the best thing you saw AMD bring out this year with CPUs? Uh, you know, I... At CES. At CES. I, you know, clearly the mobile parts make me very hopeful for, you know, real competition. I think my prediction is uh, AMD has the edge, should win in H parts, although Elena points out everyone wins because you just have more choices. Yeah. But I think uh, AMD will lead in H parts... Um, Clearly, I think, and then I think in U parts in these laptops that get Intel is so good at battery life, and where core counts don't quite matter to everybody, I I think Intel will still really still very much compete. So we're talking out the gate, right? We're not talking about like positioning for the long term. No, not long term. I mean, just yeah, right now. It's yeah. so it's going to take Intel. That's where they put all their efforts the last few years, and it's going to be hard to push them push them out of there. On um, this is HP Spectre Dragonfly. Is it's a I. I really don't even have to have the power brick when I'm gone all day. The battery life is that good. Yeah, I mean, that's good stuff. And, and I've recently worked with a laptop that even the dedicated graphics card wouldn't disable. And the battery life was like an hour and 45. Now, it wasn't AMD parts, so nothing on them. But it made me appreciate a, the slower laptop that I work with day to day just because I was able to work for several. You know, I'm able to work for hours rather than just having to rush through something. And whenever I was on the go traveling, it was not fun. So that is something. You know, there was one thing really impressive about the Renoir CPUs. Like you said earlier, they're calling them CPUs, and they're not referring to them as APUs now. Um, It was a monolith die. There was no I.O. die. There was no separate GPU die. It was all one unit. So where do you think they may go with the future with that if they're able to do it on a mobile part? I don't because I mean it's it does feel like desktop will always sort of the chiplet thing has clearly really been an advantage for them so I can't see them giving it up on desktop it feels like that's just the way it's going to be for for laptop and I think it's fine they can have two 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 product lines exist until they do the Threadripper version though so then they then they have to have a chiplet design in <laughs> in the in the twenty five inch uh, screen laptop right so twenty five twenty five not twenty four but twenty five they call it the yard dog. It'll be like, you know, full yard and width. <laughs> well, Chad, Chad did mention earlier that there are Xeons in laptops. So. Yeah, they, you know, so the, <laughs> what those are, are they are essentially basically mobile. They're still mobile chips. They they turn on the, the bits that you need for Xeon and all the, the cool Xeon features. Yeah, you're not finding a an 18-core Xeon in a, in, a, in a laptop. I think they're still, they, same thing. The core count is pretty much the same, so I don't quite configure that consider that the same so they're most they're essentially eight core high clock xeons with all the bits turned on so i i yeah um threadripper yeah well, we already talked about that let's talk about 64 cores <laughs> 64 cores and how fast they run holy 2. cow 2.9 gigahertz base and 4.3 gigahertz 
When Gordon first told me the the specs, you know, like he recapped because I had been busy with other things um, at that moment, I was like, wait, did you did you say that right? (laughs) Wait, can you repeat that one more time? Yeah, the the TDP got me. I honestly expected it to be higher than the other thread. It's, It's double. It's double what the 32 was, even more so than the 24. And it's still a 280 watt part. And that was one of the things I asked him in the interview. I'm sure you guys did, too. Uh, you know, I was like, how hard was that? And he said it really wasn't. He said, once you've got that many co- cores and it just, you know, they're going so fast and so many that it was actually just, it was perfectly easy to stay I love that. that. They're TV. like, we're just so used to like, you know, like having lots of, that is just like, flexing. so, that so is just many flexing. cores. We're so used to working with so many. <laughs> like we put so much headroom in there that, you know, it's really no big deal. You know, 280. <laughs> Yeah, that seems a bit a little little bit of a flex there, but I yeah I, I am impressed by that because what about the pricing for you? Did that four thousand dollars? Did it throw three thousand nine hundred ninety dollars? Uh, good with that? For what it is, I am. I'm not going to buy it. it. I'm not. There's nothing that I do that could generate. I mean, I, let's be honest. I render out two minute videos. How much faster do they need to be? Uh, and I'm doing one at a time, so I'm not trying to Don't do five. Don't tell my boss that. Okay. You know, they did call it a time killer, you know, killing time. That's kind of their thing. Um, but I, I have talked to people here at the show who who, who see it as its value. Uh, some of the, especially guys over at iBuyPower, not to drop names on anybody, but one of the guys over there that does their case designs, he was super excited about it. And, I mean, if you're sitting there waiting and working, I just, I can't help but wonder if there's some places who may not want a faster part so <clears throat> that they could have a longer break. <clears throat> We're not looking at any particular you know, part you of the table right here. You just go disable cores, I guess. Ooh. Adam's not going to respond. <laughs> oh, wow. We keep offering him the mic, and he just refuses. Yeah, uh, do we have any other comments from the chat there we want to get in yeah. questions? Adam? Uh, I, I, I do have to do my obligatory uh, trying to pronounce this guy's name. Uh, <laughs> no. John Doe Kick. Nope. Uh, he says, wait, is that the WCCF Tech guy? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is Keith May from WCCF Tech. Here joining us for the Full Nerd. Uh, do we have any other questions? Because I, I want to move on to the other big news at CES, sort of, kind of. Oh, we'll take a break, but no questions. Do you want to clear from that? Okay. So I do want to mention, by the way, that this episode is brought to you by Creative Labs, Inc. <laughs> they were very welcoming. They were very welcoming when I came in. Yeah. Had you to sign several embargoes. I was about to, to say, you door. didn't get checked at the door and, I, like, frisked. And they did get my badge and got all of my information. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and that is the, that is the uh, Creative Labs Gamer Super XFi. Is that the name of it? Uh, and I'm wearing a prototype headset. Don't ask me about it. Can't talk about it. Uh, you'll hopefully see it one day, but I can't talk about it. And, of course, uh, Sound Blaster X3 is also here on the, a box. We had to have the box just for you, Internet, just to mention that because the box. Creative, creative.com for all the products. Now, the other topic. This would be interesting, too, because I know Keith has seen this stuff, too. And, Elena, yep. you've seen it outside, but Intel... Discrete graphics, finally. Yep. Uh, they showed off DG1 on Monday. Yep. 
And yesterday, or is it this morning? I have lost track of time. <laughs> oh, this, no, yesterday. this morning. This morning, oh, this morning. This morning, they broke the news. The embargo lifted. This morning. They actually did show off that, hey, Internet, you had to freak out because mm-hmm. we only showed it to you in laptop. Here is a desktop DG1 running in a system. Reactions. Keith or Elena? I was surprised because we were, when we were told we weren't going to see it. So when we saw it and Gordon dropped it and I got to see him drop it, that was great. Um, and I didn't leak it, so that was good. <laughs> uh, to be honest, when it, the fact that they let us play with it was more than what I expected. When they first showed it, I was like, oh, cool, they're going to let us see the card. And then they pulled the curtains down and there was it running Warframe. Sure, Warframe's not the hardest game to run, but... In all honesty, we had a conversation on the way over there. Was it me and you, Elena? I talked about it with concerns about rendering. Like, was it going to get all of the features? Was it going to be missing assets? Were there going to be graphical glitches? The only thing that I had to complain about performance-wise was actually that the mouse was way too sensitive, (laughs) that I couldn't even play the game comfortably. And I'm wondering if they were trying to hide some performance, but it seemed to be running fine. And I only say that because I've recently played the game, doing some tests with a with an APU, and, well, <clears throat> a Ryzen with Radeon graphics part, and it to me it felt like it ran better than that did. Of course, we didn't know we we knew it was 1080p right, but we didn't know the settings, we didn't know a lot of the other stuff. But just the fact that it ran the whole time without any problems, and it ran while a a curtain was covering it, suffocating it, and it didn't burn up. Uh, the heat sink in it was real small. The card was nice. It had RGB. I guess that's a thing, but it's... They call it the developer's sled, so they said it's not a retail part. Yeah, and no, I think that is the disappointing part, right? In fact, one of the... You know, YouTube comments are great for crowdsourcing insults. <laughs> one, of the, one of the insults I know that coming. I read was... Uh, it was like, oh. It's it's the and this is I I think it was it was it it was for the it was for the Monday reveal which was the laptop yeah because it was like oh it's the Intel disappointing graphics Gen One that's what the DG One <laughs> stands for of course it's discrete graphics one that's just like that's the only that's you can only get that kind of meanness from YouTube comments but it did or sort of capture the feeling on Monday. I feel a little better about it after seeing the desktop part because, like, yeah, clearly they have a desktop part. It's going to developers. You can't buy it. You can't buy it at all. They wouldn't even commit that you could buy the thing ever. Like, it it feels like... So it was both reassuring and not reassuring because of that, right? Because we were talking after Monday's demos with the laptop uh, DG1 graphics, and we were asking ourselves, like, is that it? Like, is it only going to be laptop? Like, we all all thought it was going to be desktop first, you know, that they weren't going to be showing laptop first. And then they showed you that card, right? And then they said, well, it's for developers only. But you're looking at this card, and it's a really beautiful card. And you're thinking, really? Like, for developers? Because a lot of times when you say developer-oriented hardware, it's not pretty. Like, it's meant for actual performance and getting stuff done. It's not meant to, you'd be like, ooh, look at the pretty lights. <laughs> and you actually, you know, somebody asked, like, why is this thing, yeah, why is it so nice? Like, it's got this extruded aluminum uh, heat spreader and the, the chassis. <laughs> Yeah, it, part of, there was a lot of can either confirm nor deny on a lot of stuff. I think that's an iteration. I think there will be some changes, but I really think that's pretty close. I mean, it may just change the wording on the back, because right now it says the developer sled. 
uh, deal on there. So they may change that. They may get they may threw that out as their idea, and they're getting feedback. You know how they, you know the Odyssey, right? You know you got to get that feedback. They're gonna do the, they're doing a new ask you anything kind of thing. Uh, but I know that a lot of people were disappointed with the laptop performance. You know they were talking about they saw it look like it was dropping, stuttering. There were some issues. But the fact that that DG1 that they showed us, has that that's what they're just now sending to developers. So nobody has evidently done any testing on their end with the dedicated card. So everything you're seeing is 100% in-house with their drivers, with what they've been able to get done. And not trying to throw them too much of a bone, but, you know, until the other, like the developers, until they, like the game makers, until they get their hands on it, you know, and I even talked to, after the meeting with Intel, met with somebody in charge of a very popular um, 3D benchmarking mark software. Mark uh, software. And um, <laughs> part of their complaint was they had not touched one. They didn't know what was coming. And I'm over there going, I don't either. Don't know what you're talking about. And uh, so that kind of reaffirmed that it really hadn't gone out to anybody. So if it's not even going out to people who, you know, you're going to use to stack it up and see where it stands in the market maybe it really hadn't gone out well yeah i mean yeah maybe it'd be interesting to see who it's gone out to but it also sort of does say that i mean it's real if it's going out now it also does imply i know everybody's going to do the full freak out but it's early it's early in the game right Gordon, we need to know everything now yeah and that's, that's the thing is we're i don't know what it is with is it the same with console gamers? But PC gamers are very <laughs> nervous people. Oh my God, I don't know. Sorry, she's a PC. PC people are very are very nervous. I think it's just because, frankly, the world has been trying to kill the PC for the last twenty years. It has not succeeded. We are thriving, but we're very nervous. When it's like I don't see power for AMD Mobile, I'm like I don't know what's up with this, and I don't see performance that blows my socks off on DG1, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, so Darth Tux is asking, uh, what do you think this means for NVIDIA in laptops? I, my feeling is, uh, well, DG1 in the Tiger, they did show off a Tiger Lake e-laptop with a DG1. Yeah. I think the performance we're seeing at this point is about maybe 30, the demo I saw, 30 to 40 frames a second is what I, no, no, not the, the mobile part, the mobile part. The mobile part, and I disagree with that anyway. But um, <laughs> it's I, it's not enough to no. They it, Nvidia is just going to laugh right against a GTX at this point against an MX one hundred and fifty. Though that is really the 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 could be a problem for them there. So to throw back just to speak a bit on like what AMD is doing, the AAA thing, the AAA. Um, um, I, when I popped this laptop open, I bought recently. It had an Intel part in it. The storage was also Intel. The Wi-Fi, of course, Intel. Uh, if DG1 can beat an MX150, now you've got Intel, Intel, Intel. I mean, and what's keeping them from making you know some market development funds going towards it for an all Intel inside part? I mean, I don't know how much the MX150 is bringing NVIDIA, if they're that concerned. I mean, they're on the 250 now, right? The MX250, same part. But maybe they don't want to make that part. I don't know. You mean NVIDIA doesn't want to make it or Intel? Both. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, definitely you can see it being a realistic competitor. And there are some cynical people who have said that, yeah, 
um, DG1 or the you know these first Z graphics are never meant to be real high-end gaming parts, but to maximize profits. If they can push push a, a laptop vendor to, to build on a uh, on a on a DG1 instead of an MX250, that's more money going to Intel. You know, again, like you said, you got Intel SSD, Intel Wi-Fi through CNDI, and all those kind of things. It's Intel, they want to maximize profits and then hopefully along the way get to higher performance, I would hope. And, and Well, I was going to bring compete. that up because, I mean, on the AMD side, they started talking about smart shift, right? So because it's all their technology, they get much more control, almost like Apple how because they control all of it. They can optimize it just so specifically for the use cases they want. I mean, we could see that as a possibility, too, that they get a little more performance if it's like an all Intel laptop. Yeah, no, and that's entirely one of the theories that's been floating out there. Intel is like, go ahead and ask. We're not telling you anything. They have not confirmed. <laughs> They're not even denying it. They're just sighing at the dumb question that they can't answer. Uh, one of the theories is they will take a Tiger Lake U chip CPU, which has the brand new Z graphics as well. I think 96 is 96 E uses a rumor XE Z. So it'll have Z graphics on the, the no brand one knows new how Tiger to Lake. It still. <laughs> And then they will take a discrete graphics part, and then they will basically run it in sort of a pseudo SLI kind of mode to basically. HSA. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but that's that's one of the possible theories about what they're going to approach in laptops. Right. So. So just to kind of bring it back to the original point, right? So it's like, should NVIDIA be worried? I think you're right that, I mean, they have so much market dominance. It's like, I mean, they're probably just laughing right now, right? But if Intel can take it somewhere where they can really leverage the fact that they're controlling all the hardware, then maybe it's a point where they could be a little concerned. Plus the whole, like, how shall we say, incentives they'll offer partners. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, think, I don't think they're going to touch NVIDIA and actual gaming laptops. No, not, no, not, not, not there. But the thin and lights, the the well, the ultra Your fifteen inch ultra portables. Yeah, outside of the gaming world, you know, this this one. Yeah, yeah, it's I can definitely see that. Uh, I want to ask you. We didn't officially have this as a topic, but how bad is it for Intel right now? Do you think? I'm just kind of wondering what bad you're feeling. Just sense. a feeling. Does it feel like oh, this is just like? Because I really thought we were going to see. There were rumors of. Um, uh, Comet Lake H being here, which is their follow-on to Coffee Lake H. They said, basically, yeah, it's, it's coming soon. That's the only thing they said. I really thought we were going to see SKUs and clocks and all that stuff. It didn't even show up. Kind of, kind of, you know, you would think they would try to at least push back with that, but no, they didn't do it. We're talking about in, against uh, the whole AMD announcement stuff? Yeah, because it's an H part. It's sort of their, you know, I guess it's 10th gen version of you know, it is. They're calling it 10th Gen H parts. Yeah. You know, higher. They they have said five gigahertz core i7, and I believe eight cores. So an eight core, so eight core would go down a down to uh, i7, and then also higher than uh, five gigahertz for the core i9, which I'm gonna assume is still eight. And there have been rumors of a 10 core, but we didn't see any of that here. We we saw just mention of it during like the preview before CES, but. Uh, I expected them to touch on it at the keynote. It wasn't. Intel's in a very interesting space as far as the way they're marketing. Um, two different things. The CPU division and the graphics division are very clearly on two different pages. They're, they're, mar- they're, they're approaching people in a very different way. Uh, the CPU side, the, like the keynote, was very... I felt like it was focused toward investors. 
I didn't feel like the the average consumer would have watched it and got much out of it. They would have looked and said, okay, that's neat, but what does that mean for me? Yeah. I mean, I, you can extrapolate a lot of things like the stuff they're working with with the Red Cross. Um, I mean, I guess if you want to watch Voxel video of sporting events, maybe. That was kind of cool, but at the same time, it's something they've been working on, but it's the consumer electronics show. We're looking for, I don't know, I was exp- I was expecting more, and we got a a trailer for Tiger Lake, and then DG1 right there at the end with the mobile part. Um, I almost feel like what they're trying to do is just, it's almost like they're trying to stay focused, and they don't want to point to anywhere else to where you would look at that way. It's we're doing this, and you know somebody may ask, "Well, what about that?" And it's like back over here. Stay focused on where we're at. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. But they still do. I mean, they still, like you said, they they kind of own the laptop scene until we see the four thousand series come to market and see where they do go with. Uh, I mean, the the charts look good. They look promising. But uh, Intel seemed pretty confident leading into CES that they just kept saying. As you see this, remember this. When you see the new stuff, remember this. And it had a lot to do with real-world performance. Yeah, and I think definitely the keynote was very classic Intel keynote, very much talking big picture AI, very much talking to investors in Wall Street, and that it it was not tuned for consumers. So that was, as consumers were always a little disappointed, I think that we don't see what we want. Right. So we get nervous again because we're PC <laughs> people and we get nervous. Um, I don't know if nervous is the word I'd use, but I almost feel like I'm kind of in a wait and see position because it's like I don't, I don't think Intel is the type of company where you think, oh, no, they missed their footing. That's it for them. They're just too big for that. And everybody knows that. So it's almost what we're seeing. It's like it's like difference between like AMD is like I don't know a clipper ship. They're smaller. They're nim- more nimble. Intel's like one of those gigantic cruise ships where they just have to like if they want to even move like three degrees, it just takes them a long time. But when you once it's moving, like anything that's in the way is going to get kind of obliterated, right? So I feel like they're in the stage of moving and it's just it's taking a real long time and then once they finally get in the position they want to be when they start steaming forward then that's when we're really going to see the gloves come off and things are going to get heated again between the two companies. I, yeah, I, I do remember. I mean, I, I do think though I, it, it's the one thing that a little kind of bugs me about this because I've seen it before AMD led in K7 for a couple years. Then they, then Intel came back, and then uh, AMD then again led with Athlon 64, a couple years or so, and then Intel came back with Core, and again we're back to you know AMD leading with with Ryzen now again. I and and it classically <laughs> that was the sigh of a no, veteran. No, but classically you go like. The previous two times, every analyst I would talk to would always go, "Look, it's Intel." They're going to come back. They always come back. But this time, it feels like there's a little... Something in the air is a little different about this one. It feels like they don't quite have their footing the way they have even before, right? It's like it's almost like they got a little complacent, and they're not used to having to think on their feet the way they, you know, like even the last few times that you saw this. Yeah, and then, you know, they're stuck on process, so the process is an issue. And I, I will say I, I was... I was having a, 
sit down with uh, Charlie and Charlie from Semi Accurate and another vendor earlier. And you know, Charlie, he agreed that this is like it's kind of grim, you know. It's kind of he's like it's just it's it, sometimes it feels a little scary right now. Like you've never sort of felt that way about Intel, you know. I talk to people there though, and they think, yeah, we're going to come back, all that stuff. But sometimes it's just something about this one feels a little different. I. I, I think it's very much, I don't know what the future is going to be between these, these two companies. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, we don't, want to be, we don't ever want to be back in the position where you only really have one option. I, I want no. them to come, that, do I, want them, it, I want them to leapfrog. I mean, you want everybody to leapfrog. Each one comes out with this, it's faster than the other person's last one. That's fun. That's where we get really excited, new products yeah. come out. We had that for a long time, and then it quit, you know, some bad bets were made. And then it took a while, and then here we are. We're back to that again. So, but you are you're right. They're when you talk to them, they're I don't want to say hubris with it, but they're they're, they're like we're good. You know, it's almost like the little uh, dog sitting in the flames. I'm fine. This, this is, is fine. fine. <laughs> but you knew know they're. I mean, you know they're working on something, and they're being really quiet about it. And it's either because they're really confident in it or they're really worried about it and like you said as pc gamers we're very negative people we are just very negative it is really interesting pc i'm, I'm reserving this for but again I, I will tell you that is that is that is just basically ptsd from 20 PTSD. years it is because though really i mean people have been and we're, we're seeing it again because people are saying oh my god PC's dead new consoles are coming out oh give me a break that's you know but I've already seen that already in stories and we're sort of back to that people just get really nervous you know like I don't but, know I mean if the PC is I mean the PC is so resilient like I, I personally don't understand why it's so nervous you know because you know there's your outlook is when people are just have been trying to basically put you in a ditch for the last I mean everybody's tried to put the PC people are like oh my god cloud gaming is going to kill the PC right I'll give me a break right but no that's that's what you hear and and I don't know what that is I don't know why that is but But, (sighs) I will say I think what feels different to me just from observing and reading history because I obviously have not been around as long as you have Um, sorry I didn't mean it that way Ooh, that one's coming back in a clip show to haunt me. I'm not as old <laughs> as you. Well, I've already started down this path. So I may as well finish going down it. <laughs> just stick that foot deeper in my mouth. Um, I was just going to say that I feel like, unlike previous times, they seem like they got caught in mid-direction. Like, they're trying to shift when they already had, like, put so much momentum in one way. Like, one way. And now they're trying to do it, like... It's like when you turn too fast, like you haven't f- completed your last arc, right? It's uncomfortable. It's very jarring. And I, I think that's maybe what we're feeling where you say it's like different. It seems a little more grim. And that's, maybe that's why they're quieter. Like they don't actually know how to package because they were so good at that, right? They always had a very clear message. And now it's like, what do you tell people when you're continuing to use 14 nanometer, when 10 nanometers delay, so on and so forth? How do, you, how do you package that in a way that wins over people's hearts? Because that's honestly what AMD made a play for, and they, they got a lot of those, those like mind, soul, body, heart uh, packages from all the PC fans out there. I, I, I sort of think it, it feels 
uh, I will say as a Warriors fan, oh, the last five years. No, no, the last five years have been awesome. <laughs> Keith looks away. Are you what? Where are you Keith from? Keith looks away. What? See? No, but I will say, and again, like the Patriots. The Patriots, they're not going, they're not ever going to go there. The entire league, both NBA and NFL, are so happy to see the Patriots and the Warriors fall. And they want to kick them down the stairs. Right? And that's sometimes, maybe that's what. Uh, I, I, do, I do NCAA football. I'm an Alabama fan. I know the feeling. It's the same thing. Everybody, every, no, very, you know, there are Alabama fans, and I've been one. For, I lived right between two universities that I couldn't stand, so I picked somewhere else, and I just landed on Alabama, so I stuck with them for years. And it's not very good right now to be an Alabama fan because it's like, uh, you know, flip a coin and see what happens. But everybody is a fan of whoever's playing Alabama. They always want them to lose. And I will say that's the exact same thing with the Warriors and the Patriots. And you know what? I think Tom Brady will come back next year, and I think he's Tom Brady, for God's sake. And I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm a Raiders fan. Sorry, Paul Alcorn from Tom's Hardware. He got called and, old and crazy and, in the but, same show within and five I minutes. The Warriors... Again, are going to come back. It's going to be awesome. We'll get you know. That's rebuilding years, right? Rebuilding years or rebuilding so I, decades I, I do for think some that's teams. A possibility, but sometimes you just don't know. You know, maybe Draymond's going to leave in the off season. It's just you, you, we just we just don't know. And as a fan, you're always kind of like you're you don't know as a fan. So it's I think that's sort of where that trepidation comes from. But I do want to point out to the internet that people need to understand. That if Intel comes back with Tiger Lake or Rocket Lake or whatever it is, and they just smoke AMD, right? If they do, then you have to admit it. None of the hate like, oh, well, you know, that's just, they do it, right? So you got to recognize it. I just want to point that out. But, yeah, things don't look great right now. It happens. But look, look at what both companies did here leading up to now. They've both been jumping into a ton of different things. Even AMD a few years ago. Like the, the Alienware controller thing, AMD was working on one years ago. They had a, you know, a little gamepad. They were working on their mobile stuff, the things that everybody was dipping into because everybody was telling them, everybody was telling Intel, and everybody was telling us, PC's dead, better go somewhere else. So Intel, just like AMD, was looking for other avenues, and Intel started getting into storage devices, memory, uh, Wi-Fi, like the, the, the connectivity, 5G, how'd that work out? I mean, they, they, they got into a bunch of different things and spread focus. And you, when you spread out that much and you kind of lose sight of something, it's like, okay, our processors, they're doing fine. They're doing fine. The competition is, they're, they're bulldozing themselves. So we're good. And then <laughs> Bulldozing they, themselves. <laughs> uh, you weren't supposed to. Oh, bulldozer's awesome. TPU, Keith. So, sorry, it's the best ever. It's great in winter. But, um, so they just kind of kept going with what they were going. And, you know, you get to thinking, like, well, they're sure, they're going to come out with something eventually. We'll see how it is. And then they came out, and it's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, so we, we can come up with that. We can work on that. Let's, let's, let's catch up to that. And then it's, you know, a lot of shakeup with personnel, people in different positions, higher-ups. I mean, how many different CEOs did we see it go through? Each CEO has a different vision. That vision has to trickle down, refocus, and if you're not focused on a goal and you don't set the goal, it's kind of hard to kick that field goal if you're not paying attention and you got everybody on the same path. Especially if the whole team doesn't know which direction they're supposed to be punting it. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, the good news is 
there is a discrete graphics part from Intel. It and exists. I, and I do want to point this out to people. Homer's Odyssey, which I'm, I think the Odyssey is from, it took, it took Homer 10 years to get home. And what? I don't mean Homer what? Simpson. No, no, this is, this is not... This is not this. It is no, a, I mean, hold on, just you know what? I, literature major, stepping back here. It's okay. I'm not. I'm not going to touch this. It's okay. okay. I, it was a long travel ride. It took Homer years to get home. Homer wrote it. Oh, whatever. It is. <laughs> Whoever. And it was twenty. It was a twenty-year odyssey. It was a twenty-year odyssey. Yeah. That's worse than ten years. Yeah, it is. Especially worse for his wife. So I think Homer she waited Simpson for him. wrote it. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I'm so oh, you're man. saying, well, who? But it was a twenty-year odyssey to get. To the where they wanted to go, yes. So I sometimes wonder, like that's kind of why they picked Odyssey because <laughs> it's going to be hard sometimes, but you're going to get there. Was it? A, was it a good story ending? I wasn't a lit major, so. I mean, it's the Greeks, man. They're, they're pretty tragic. Yeah, you, I mean, he knows what, he knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Uh, <laughs> Let, let's, yeah. yeah they, <clears throat> change the name. Let's say okay. the uh, the American version of it for children. Yeah, happy ending. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> this is America. I, was, I want to shift to our last topic, though, because <laughs> we are running out of time. It's almost, I, I think CES is just almost over for the night. But uh, we have, you don't know about this, but I do want to hear your top picks. We're going to go this way. Oh, Everybody's oh I have top, to go first. Okay. You, I can go first. Yeah, you go first. Okay, my top. So You were so excited before I the show. I am excited about it. These are our top CES picks. We've been here for, God, too long. And I want to say, I, I wanted to pick things that really kind of like, huh? Very exciting that we're like, I'm really, really super jazzed for. Um, my top picks for CES, number one, ROG Zephyrus G14. Ah, that yes. is that ASUS's Wait, which variant? Ryzen. <laughs> well, the RTX 2060 and the 4800H, right? So it has a, you know, eight core 4800HS, 35 watt part, along with an RTX 2060, a 76 watt hour battery, three and a half pounds. I'm really, really excited for that laptop. And they're saying about 10 hours of battery life. Video, of course. Uh, number two. I, my mind was blown. I went to the uh, NVIDIA booth, and I did the G-Sync 360 challenge. And I will say, I will, I will, eat, I will eat my... What I've said before, which is you really don't need... High refresh rate panels like 240 or now 360. Yeah, we have years of you saying this on this show. I know, and I, I have said it because you don't need it. I'm not 14 is, years this old. This is a big thing for I'm him to be I'm not a competitive saying. Counter-Strike player. You don't need it. Well, you know what? I was wrong. And I, I, my mind is completely changed. 360 hertz G-Sync panels are like, I really want one. Because I think it will make my gaming better, to be honest. You think so? I think it will. World of Warships is going to be uh, no, no. That but much there's other games. Sorry, I, I mean, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I was believe me. I, I we're going to we'll do another video on this. But oh wait, Adam's got to say something. Uh, Alejandro says, uh, "What's next? Uh, you're going to pick a controller." No, that won't happen. No, I, he's going to go full console gaming. But I will say, look, I was wrong. I will, you know, I I'm going to admit it. When when you're a reporter or a journalist and you were wrong, you should be able to come out and say, "Yeah, I was dead wrong." Because I really believe if I had a 360 hertz G-Sync panel, my gaming would get better. Because I saw a night and day performance differences in the challenge that I did. Uh, number three, a Threadripper clock speeds. Holy smoke, 64 cores at base of 2.9 gigahertz with 4.3 gigahertz boost. And the last one, 
We're at the Creative Labs Inc. booth. We are sponsored for this video here. But I'm going to say that should not prevent me from picking the sound, the X-Sex-Fi? carrier soundbar. <laughs> it's basically a sub-1000 soundbar that will blow you away in the positional audio. Yeah? You guys do demo? I did the, I did the demo, and it was like, whoa. It really, it really does. And it's enough that I know people, oh, you're just chilling for creative because you're... I will say... If you get a chance, listen to one of those, it will blow you away. So you really think that uh, a traditional setup isn't necessary with one of those? I will say what I heard in that room with this sub-$1,000 soundbar sounded better than my friend's, you know, surround. He has a Dolby system set up in his, you know, with mm. discrete speakers. Try and that it, demo. it really sounded better to me. So uh, you want to go or... Sure. It looks like uh, Adam had a question oh, he yeah. wanted to insert real quick. You had somebody in chat saying that you were paid off by NVIDIA more than, than creative. Yeah. Yes, uh, NVIDIA is paying us to recommend the creative product, so you don't think we're right. recommending the NVIDIA product. And, yeah, so you don't know that he's being paid off by it's NVIDIA. NVIDIA. It's a shell company owned by AMD, <laughs> but that was actually set up by a Russian bot site from Intel. <laughs> it's actually... We yes. just outed you. Yes. Sorry, Keith. I mean, we are robots. This is our mascot. <laughs> All right, it's my turn, right? Okay, so you, you picked... Uh, a couple of things that I wanted to mention, um, like that thread ripper at that okay. those 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 clock speeds, whew, still uh, still letting that one sit because I'm having trouble. Oh, that one. Yeah, still oh. like, just having a little trouble processing that. It's actually a a thing. So I ended up picking a couple of things that you know people haven't really heard as much about from the show floor. And the first one, and the, so people who have uh, been keeping track of our. Uh, live builds and unboxings and all that, we'll know that we worked with a Dune or Dune company on their Dune with their Dune Pro case, which is that Mac Pro uh, lookalike, let's just always say, right? Um, well, I was at Fantech's booth and they have something that's very similar, but uh, yeah, it's very inspired by the Mac Pro, but Unlike the Dune Pro, which is $200, I mean, there's reasons why it's all aluminum, you know, all that. Difference in material quality, right? So that's why it's $200. This one is $60. So if you like that look, there's going to be a silver version and a black version, and it's going to be 60 bucks. So if you're someone who's doing a budget build, but, you know, you still have, like, a soft spot for Apple's aesthetics, you could build a system that, you know, pays homage to that. Is it uh, aluminum bezels? You know, I didn't actually get to touch the case. I'm assuming for $6, it's going to be mostly plastic. Okay. Maybe some, you know, some metal kind of like embedded on there where they have like it's a light It's an homage. Sheet. It's an yeah, homage. homage to it. Um, it's from their metallic gear line. So it's not, if you go to the Fantex site, I don't know if you'll actually see it under that. It's under, and I don't know if they've actually put it on their site yet, but it's called the Neo Pro. Um, I definitely want it in when they are start, start sending out uh Review units, or we'll get to building it, hopefully. I okay. think I just think it's nice. And so you'll see from my picks, there's a, a theme that I'm going with. So the next one is... <laughs> <laughs> what? Elena Cheap? <laughs> um, the next one was from Leanne Lee's booth. And uh, you were following me around at that time. I wasn't following. He just, you, happened to be, yes. he just happened to be on the same path through the booth as I was. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, their Unifan. I thought that was a really cool um, idea for taking away one of the annoying things when you're trying to do a really 
clean aesthetic for your build. So the Unifan is pretty much what it sounds like. You take the set of fans and they link together. And then it's controlled off of a single uh, like unit that has one wire for fan control and one wire for RGB control. So now instead of and then it supports up to four fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's three in a single pack. So if you want it four, you'd have to buy a whole other pack to add that last one. But um, instead of having a three pack with six different wires coming off of it, and I always oh, it drives me crazy when I'm trying to do a nice looking build and that middle fan, it's like where do you stick those? Like sometimes the cutouts in your case just aren't in the right spot, so then it's just going like this across the motherboard at the top. It just doesn't look good to me, right? So this kind of takes care of that because my opinion, if you're doing RGB, you're doing this kind of look you don't want a bunch of random fan cables because they're not very attractive. You don't want a bunch of fan cables just running all over the place. So I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and then the the last one <laughs> um, is, again, well, I'll just tell you what it is, and you'll know what the theme is here, um, was at Inwin's booth. And they said, hey, we're going to be releasing a new set of ARGB fans, three-pack, $30. <laughs> Okay, that's cheap. <laughs> I will admit, though, I, that is pretty good. Where do I put in my credit card number? <laughs> I'm sold. So, I mean, if you think the theme here is Elena's being cheap, yes, that's, that is kind of a theme. But to me, the, the, the different things I saw at my booth appointments this year were um, all the different vendors doing things that either make the little annoying things in PC building go away or they um, improve on making uh, like the whole value performance thing just that much more sweet. Like we were at Cooler Masters booth and they have this uh, mini uh, or small form factor case. What's this? No, 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 no. <laughs> you still want to keep? No, no, no. no small form factor case, tempered glass, ARGB fan, sixty dollars. Oh, that's. That I one mean, was good. Yeah, that That's was the one. I, not the one I was thinking, but yeah, that I one mean, is good. So I just think it's... I'm excited for this year as a whole because I think it's going to be even sweeter building a PC. You can do it for less money and it's going to look even better than before. Yes. And it's going to be easier and you're not going to have to uh, quietly swear for 20 minutes as you realize <laughs> the RAM that you bought doesn't actually work with the cooler that you bought for your CPU. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, okay, Keith, Keith, you're on. You got, you're, you got, we got to see... Yeah. I want to see your poker. Maybe we should ask the internet to vote. No, it's not a contest, no, no, folks. <laughs> We're going to see. Keith, what do you Open them cards. Okay, so mine is the opposite end of the spectrum. Good. We balance. Yeah, I'm going to spend You're some money different over Different sides here. of the force here. Um, my first one is similar to where you started with yours, but it wasn't the 360 hertz panel. It was the one behind it, the mini LED, because, you know, the things that make you go, whoa, because... I've seen HDR, seen HDR 400. You've seen all these things, and I and I stood there and like this, and they were like, "This monitor is HDR 400. Look at this scene. It's the explosion going on." And I'm going, "Yeah, that's about what it looks like. That's what I'm used to seeing." Now pivot, and they show it on the uh, mini LED one, and I immediately started trying to figure out how much I had in savings that I could get out without my wife knowing. And um, I don't know that I could afford the monitor. I didn't get pricing on it. I didn't ask because I was scared to know kind of thing. <laughs> but it was, le- it was legitimately a completely different image. It was uh, more natural. You know, and I'll give NVIDIA some credit on this. While they didn't show any graphics cards, 
what do you you what do you what do you how do you see your graphics card like how do you you know you got to use the monitor you you know they, they they stepped it up in the place that you interface with the graphics card so that was that's something i didn't expect to see i did i expected to go over there and just kind of see the same old like here's this game wow at this game but the monitor thing was pretty cool uh, the next thing on my list was also... Oh, wait a minute. Wait. So I just want to mention, I think that was the ROG Swift PG27UQX. Yes, with all the easy-to-remember letters. Yes, yes. yes. The, the, all the letters. It is a 1,400-nit mini-LED gaming monitor at 144 hertz. Yes. It's spectacular. I saw it as well. I had almost made my list, but I wasn't wrong about that. That's just lustworthy. I wanted to come out and admit because I want to. I like to call myself out when I'm wrong. I was wrong, and 360 is worth it. But continue. The other one was at Cooler Master as well. Okay. Um, but it was it was small. Okay. But it was actually the NC100. It was oh. it was their take on the Ghost Canyon NUC. Okay. But the one they did with uh, CyberPower PC. Mm-hmm. The fact that they got authorization to make their own custom daughter board. They didn't okay. have it on display. But they had already prepared the case for it to where they took that element board and moved it away from the graphics card so that it could breathe. Yep. And and run them a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. And it's smaller than the one Razor yep. showed. It's smaller than the one iBuyPower. iBuyPower gets an honorable mention because they at least made their case also fit ITX boards. So that they got to get credit yeah. for that. But the Cooler Master one was genuinely super small. Yeah. But was focused. It looks nice. It does. And it also has that... Uh, that opening at the bottom for uh, for mm-hmm. airflow too. Yeah, you can add a. They they showed when they separate mm-hmm. it, you can actually turn the SFX power supply sideways and fit two ninety two millimeter fans in the mm-hmm. top, yep. one on the bottom, and yep. it, it was a, it was in, the the styling was inspired by their uh, SL six hundred M, big mm-hmm. nice sleek case. So yeah, yeah, super sleek but tiny. So that that was number two, and the last one I don't know I, at this point I, I was I was the first person in Vegas to get to see it this morning. Oh, um, just before lunch. It's by Nixius, the panel maker. It's a the, probably the first DCP certified 144 hertz 4K FreeSync panel. Mm-hmm. And I got the pricing, and that's where I was like, oh. So, okay, so I'm going to ask you. You guys are familiar with prices on monitors. 4K, 27-inch, 144 hertz, FreeSync range from 48 to 144, mm-hmm. DCP. Mm-hmm. So the the content uh, I can never get it right. DCP three. Yeah, uh, supports that. So single cable, single US uh, Display Port cable to get the one forty four hertz FreeSync. Um, how much do you think it is? Well, uh, it sounds like five six hundred dollars. Well, we're talking about one hundred percent DCI P three. Six hundred dollars. Wait, DCI P three. Okay. Oh oh oh, the compression thing. Got it. The look that you just gave me, Keith, was great. <laughs> so DCP, not the DCI-P3. Okay, dis- display compression, I can't remember, yeah, protocol. Uh, it sounds like it's brand new technology. sounds like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. First one to market, oh, well, then it's easily $800. Did you say the panel type? Um, I've got the notes. I believe it was IPS. I mean, I figured if we're yeah. go, if we're in that space, I it just wanted like I just wanted mm-hmm. to confirm why yeah. before I make my guess. Yeah, mm. she's gonna say five dollars. <laughs> don't we wish three thousand? Under one thousand. What? I was close. <gasps> I was eight hundred because I knew it was new. Is it going to be more expensive? 
they said under under a thousand. They're they're trying to push it as low as they can, but you know they got to make money and they don't want anybody to undercut them. Nine hundred ninety dollars. It's less than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when the camera's off. Uh, good list, uh, Adam. You wanna? You, what's your three? Adam's got a serious hey, face kids. on. How you doing? Let's talk about this. Uh, no, uh, I would say probably the first one was that G14, that uh, Asus uh, ROG Zephyrus G14. Good, good taste. Good taste. I, good taste there. Not just because of the looks and not just because of the lights on the back, definitely. But like you said, that power, uh, maybe an i9 power in a 14-inch laptop. I mean, I like bigger laptops, 15-inch, 17-inch, you know. But if you can get that kind of power in 14-inch, wow. Quick question for you, Adam. Yeah. How much time would you spend messing with the panel on the back? <laughs> well, actually, I, I, it, it sucks because... I didn't ask Gordon this question. I asked you this question. <laughs> well, it would suck because you can't see it. It's on the other side. But it's know? for other people. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, one of our other colleagues, Melissa, who said that she's anticipating like someone asking for somebody's number in mm. like a cafe <laughs> using that screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'll just I'll be on a live stream and I'll just have it say help. <laughs> No, Gordon, yeah. Call 911. Gordon has me trapped. Okay, what's number two? <laughs> I just blinked twice. Um, crap, I forgot what the second one was. Uh, number three. I will say, uh, well, real quick, somebody did ask uh, in the YouTube mm. comments of our uh, DG1 video uh, about the, the card itself, the manufacturing. Uh, they were like, oh, it's probably just plastic and cheap. Actually, it did feel nice, like... Yeah it, yeah, it was an aluminum shroud. It, it, it clanked. It was a full. It <laughs> he feels really like a, it? it could be a full product. It not no. It just it just fell over. That's all. It, it's it, okay. He saw me. He saw me with the Unifan. Like there was there was a <laughs> there was an accident. It was not plastic. It was a high quality. You could go to market with that product if it were fast enough to compete with anything out there. And I'm not seeing that yet. Well, I mean it. With those build qualities, real, real quick question. I'm, I mean, are there there are other aluminum cards out there on the market? Are those more at a premium? I'm assuming. Like, I don't know that I've seen any in that price range that are built that night. Or I don't know. I say price range like I know how much it is, but in that class, in that performance class, they're generally very shoddy. Yeah, that's very much a. It's a. It, it, the form factor is, is like a mini card. There's no power, so it's running off just PCIe power, 75 watts. Performance again, we're running Warframe at maybe 45 frames a second. If that Adam thinks it's lower, <laughs> I myself also asked Nate from Legit Reviews what he thought. He my agreed God. with my assessment: 40 to 50. 45. I think it's about 45 to 50. Maybe I had a bad session. Maybe I had a bad session because it was. You should have been there. Did the laptop? Well, it's because the, the sensitivity was so high that it, the screen just moved so fast. You couldn't get Keith, you should have seen the arguments they are having back at the ranch. Oh, they, it got heated. Anyway, that, that's not my pick. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. That was a nice touch. I remember my pick. Uh, the second pick is the uh, Corsair Project Orion. The, uh, ah, I the that was so close on my list, LEDs too. The LEDs embedded in tempered glass. Did you see this, Keith? I did. It was... Yeah. It was actually embedded in the glass. It was embedded oh, in a sorry. film that was applied to the back of the glass. It's yeah, and at a first, you know, he's like, "Oh yeah, it's you know, it's a film on the glass. It has the the power leads, you know, and it it just kind of floats." And and I I got up there close, and the the first angle that I was at, 
I couldn't see. Like, I was just like, I was like, whoa, you, these, these literally look like they're yeah. floating. I mean, it, then yeah. you kind of look at the back and you kind of turn it at the right angle and you, you can kind of see it. But yeah. I mean, from that's, I was getting in right that up lighting on it. because the, their booth, the way that they had lit that area was a little bit darker. So it, I mean, obviously, if it was a fully lit room like this, maybe we would have been able to see the film a little more clearly. Maybe. But you're going to be. If you were to own a case like that, if it wasn't just a project and it was actually a real thing that you could buy, you would have it lit like that in a darker environment anyway. Yeah. So it like you have that whole suspension of disbelief that it's not actually part of the glass. And, and it, you know? it looked magical. They, you know, it this, is part this of was glass, this was just a project. You know, they they had kind of uh, put it together. They're they're not going to even sell it in this configuration like they were showing it off. You know, we had asked them, like, other other constraints of, like, you know, how many LEDs could you actually theoretically put on a panel like that? Yeah. You know, what kind of controls could you do with it? Can and you like them individually? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I... I I like where they're going with it, and, and I, I've said to Gordon and Elena that I th- this is the first Capellix use case that I think is actually useful for, for or not useful, but uh, something I would actually buy. I mean, the, the RAM stuff, cool, okay, you know, whatever. The, the wireless con- uh, mouse or, or keyboard, I, I'm not going to get a wireless keyboard anyway, so that doesn't help me. Uh, but in a case like this, you know, I, I just started, like, thinking, like, all these use cases of where you could put the, the LEDs and, and have it be cool, so... Sound, sounds like it, it was the best technology of, of, of CES 2019. <laughs> important thing the most important thing Uh, and then you know there's going to be cheesy i know i get cheesy but uh my third pick was just being around being around people like you you know it's where you guys were he was tipping me off that's what it was wait <laughs> I wanted to see Keith so much that I just he just told shared him our spreadsheet our, our, I knew it I yeah, knew yeah, it I told him our appointments you know I just wanted to see Keith so much uh, but no no I, I, I love coming to CES I love working with everybody like it, it just you, you, you work together as a team we're all sleep deprived and getting through it and like it, not even sure what we're saying anymore there's so many times where I would stop in the middle sentence and I'd say to Adam what, what was I just saying He's <laughs> I, I was actually recording a video last night, and I was borrowing somebody's room to do it because it was quiet, and it's not quiet at the hotel that I poorly chose. And <laughs> I was sitting in there, and middle of the recording, I just stopped. And then my friend, you know, my coworker with the camera just kind of looked around, and everybody in there just kind of turned. I was like, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> like, completely forgot. I, like, I had to, I was like, what were we... And it was like ten o'clock, and I'd been up since five a.m. Yeah, like I'm gonna finish this and go to bed. I don't, I don't even care. Then I woke up and it was leaked. <laughs> Just another CES. Just another CES. All right, so we got everybody's picks. Okay. <clears throat> Somebody uh, in the chat uh, was asking about Nooks, uh, not understanding, Nux? you know, who the use case. Use case. Oh yeah, the Ghost Canyon Nook. Like, okay, so um, just to, just to recap for everybody, if you haven't already seen all the videos and articles and whatnot, is um, so traditionally Nux used to either be like that four by four inch by four inch form factor, the little bricks, or the last couple iterations for their gaming enthusiast focused ones were kind of like a long, like, kind of thin rectangle, right? Like this. Everything's soldered on. You know, you can't really change much on it other than um, the RAM and its capacity and the storage, right? So bare-bones kit, 
pretty much set to go. So for Ghost Canyon Nook, again, gaming focus, this time they're making it kind of like Lego where it's like just different components you can slot in and out. So now you can use an actual discrete GPU, um, only half length though. So you're going to have to find a card that fits those dimensions or wait for one of the partners to produce a card. Asus is the only one so far that's officially on record that they're going to do like a 2070 card. Yeah. Um, and then the other is their also announced compute element. I kept calling it a card, but they're, they're probably in the background going, no, our compute card was this, Elena. Yeah, it's the element module. <laughs> it's the element module, and it's going to come in a couple different, or sorry, three different configurations, i5, i7, i9h parts. Ninth gen. Ninth gen. Ninth gen. Sorry, did I say something else? You, you know you're okay. right. I was, just <laughs> I was like, I'm at that point. Like, what was I saying again? <laughs> Um, so they're bare bones kits. Uh, you you can buy it uh, from Intel. You can buy them as bare bone kits, and then you have to provide your own discrete GPU. You have to provide your own storage and you provide your own RAM. So you do get the uh, compute element, um, and it's either going to be a thousand dollars for the i5 model, uh, twelve hundred for the i7, or uh, seventeen hundred dollars for the i9. Um, that's a premium on it that. It is I-9. a premium. So you I mean you're going it's going to be very expensive and I can understand why a lot of people look at it and think, well, I build my own systems, like wh- what does it do? Like why would I want this? And uh, kind of like I was saying in the beginning of the show, this is more for that like one little segment of like the population out there who says, "You know what? I need something that's really small but doesn't give up performance because there were people who were really excited about, you know, Skull Canyon, Hades Canyon, but it was still a little underperforming for them based on their comments on like, yeah. you know, Reddit threads or whatnot, but they were excited because they're they're, they're grad students, they're doing certain kinds of research, and they say, well, I can put this in my backpack. I can go to the lab, I can run my stuff, and I can put it back in my bag and then go home and, you know, do whatever. And now, like, for those types of people or gamers who just want really something that's that small and potentially upgradable, if they've, got, they've got the money, obviously. Yeah. So now that they can basically pay that premium and have that portability. That's who it's for. That was a really long answer. <laughs> uh, can I add to that? Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. B- because a lot of people are missing... And I'm sure some people out there get it. A lot of people will catch it. But these are mobile parts in there. Correct. The, these are the 9th gen. So the i5 is a, a quad-core hyper-threaded part. Mm-hmm. The i7 is a 6-core hyper-threaded part. So 6 cores, 12 threads. Then the i9 is the 8-core, 16-thread. Um, that price delta between the i7 and the i9 is huge. Yes. I, I really see, and I'm starting to see why a lot of the vendors that I've talked to about it think the i7 is kind of going to be the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, I didn't get, nobody would give me um, positive feedback on, or not, I don't want to say positive feedback. It would not give me all the answers that I wanted regarding performance and thermals. Mm-hmm. They did say expect mobile thermals. So if you're, if you're com- comfortable with the thermals that you normally see on a laptop and you're used to that, that, expect that. However, expect it to stay at the upper end of the boost at, or <clears throat> turbo. Intel Turbo's AMD's boosts. So at the in top end of the turbo throughout the duration, constantly. It'll very rarely clock down. Um, it does have full XTU support. So if you want to go in and start, yes. you know, start, start tweaking with it, you right. can do that. Although only the i9 is unlocked. The 7 is, I think there's like three bins and then the i5, no, no unlock, right? Well, it, it's traditional XTU support. So you can go in and mess with the voltage. That's where I was going with that. Like, but if you want to overclock, you got to get that. You got to pay for it. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say who, but I got somebody to mention that they did get confirmation that there will be 
it will they they've got the next one it will be upgradable because we talked about that mm-hmm. a lot. It, it's an upgrade. Yeah. That's why the element card is so important. Yes. Is so that you can upgrade to the next generation. Yep. When they release it. Yeah. Next generation already, like I wouldn't say confirmed, but they said that, you know, you should be able to expect it. And they even said that when we talked to them that there's already two more beyond that, that they're talking about so that, you know, if you are concerned about longevity and support for something that's supposed to be modular, it's supposed to be there. So you'll, you'll be able to get the next because pro- take your RAM, take your memory, mm-hmm. you, RAM memories, storage, <laughs> uh-huh, move uh-huh. it over to the new Sorry. board, <laughs> drop it in, and you're off to off to the races. Yeah, and I know I got them to at least they. they this is not going to be one and done. They've committed to at least several generations, and I think it's it's pretty cool because it enables some really cool mods and different things mm-hmm. without all the complexity of yeah. the ITX case. Uh, Adam said we got a question. Yeah, a, a bit ago, Alejandro was uh, talking about the impact of no Thunderbolt on AMD laptops. Oh, and I know right. you've been talking about that a lot, too. So. Yeah, and I, I agree that is a major problem for AMD. They don't have Thunderbolt on any of the laptops that I have seen. I don't think it will be there because, as I've said for the last few years, you don't typically see Thunderbolt in AMD because it is an Intel-developed technology. They don't really want to share with everyone else because why would they? It's a great technology for them to be able to take a two and a half pound laptop, plug in an eGPU, you have a real gaming experience, or take your gaming laptop that has come to the end of its GPU usefulness, plug in eGPU. I think it's a, it is a huge advantage for Intel. Yep. I'm a little dismayed at why you're not seeing an AMD. AMD itself says, ah, we don't need that stuff. Hopefully USB 4 fixes this because there's a potential for Thunderbolt 3 support in USB 4, but... Thunderbolt 3 would is going to be an advantage for Intel out the gate until they get USB 4 support. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. Actually, this kind of crosses the two threads, but when we were talking to them about the Ghost Canyon NUC, and they were saying, they emphasized that, you know, we've got two Thunderbolt 3 ports on the back, and then we asked them, you know, and then we asked, uh, can't you, you, you asked your question kind of about Thunderbolt 3, Thunderbolt 3 support. <laughs> can't, I can't word anymore, apparently. Um, and they kind of indicated the whole, they said, well, you know, it's kind of finicky getting it through, <laughs> um, but because it's all internal for us, like, we kind of know how to navigate that. It's basically how they said it. So it was yeah. interesting how they, how they kind of couched why it's so slow to see adoption in, like, you know, other yeah, places. Yeah, and they're, I, so basically it was like, how come we don't see Thunderbolt 3 on desktop? And they're saying, well, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to, to get it to work and then to certify it. I said, huh, who certifies Thunderbolt 3 now? <laughs> and he actually did ask it like that. You have X, uh, 570 boards that have Thunderbolt 3 on it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm going to buy one of those and try it out, but it's not. I, there will be more on this. I'm looking into it, but yeah, so it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, do we have any more questions, Adam, or should we? Because we, the bar is going to close down and we got to go. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to. Uh, somebody just asked uh, real quick uh, if the, the Nook ends up selling well, do you think they'll end up making AMD versions of this same kind of form factor? Uh, no. <laughs> well, I will say Intel's official because I asked them that too because I sort of I love the idea, but it sort of seems like it, it's hurtful to AMD. Maybe? I mean, I, I have not been keeping up with this space as much as I you know would like to and honestly should. But I will say that even in the past, like we've never really seen it come directly from AMD anyway. It was like partner. It was like partners, yeah, like Gigabyte, partners. and you know, Zotac. Or yeah, and, and the one thing is Intel Zotac, did say I can't say things. They word. directly did say, look, we're not encouraging add-in board partners to make their own. We're not encouraging, say, like a third-party vendor to make their own. We're not like helping them. 
but it's not that hard to do. So they sort of imply that, yeah, if you wanted to make a Ryzen-based compute elements, you can do it. It just won't have Thunderbolt 3. I mean, honestly, with these uh, Ryzen uh, 4000 4000 series parts, I mean, who knows? Features open, right? No, it's entirely possible. So, last one. Any more? Bar's got to no. go. We got to yeah, go. You, it's you, gotta, you can't, don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, right? Yes. You got to leave that restaurant. Stop pretending that you don't see everybody getting ready to go. So, anyway, where's the end? Oh, sorry. Where's the end? <laughs> I'm sorry. Where's the... CES 2020, everybody. Yeah, it is. I, did I erase something? Oh, I did erase it. I don't know what to do. Anyway. <laughs> Check back next week for your <laughs> fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For your audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com every time you do. AMD adds another core to a CPU. AMD adds another core to a CPU, so that'll be a lot of cores. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Maung with special guest Keith May from WCCF Tech. You guys have a good one. <laughs> Elena Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to mercifully hit the off switch. <laughs>